Hobbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon. On a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. For the next couple of hours, talking sports with you, and thanks for giving us some of your time uh, here today. The BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will start at the b- bottom of the hour uh, talking Iowa State with Alec Bussey signing day, just, uh, what, 48 hours from now. Uh, Alec Bussey uh, from uh, 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. We'll take a quick preview of that, as Iowa State was busy football-wise over the weekend with a couple of late additions to their class, but we'll do that. We'll also recap the basketball from yesterday with Mr. Bussey coming up here at 11.30. We'll take a look at one of our regional teams at 12.10. Going to try and space them out a little bit this week. We'll do the Chiefs, who got by the Patriots. Didn't look the greatest in doing so, but a win's a win, and off they go. Uh, we'll take a look at the Chiefs with uh, Nick Athen from ChiefsBlitz.com at 12.10. And then Scott Dockerman uh, on Iowa. The Hawkeye, I believe it's the football team that has a uh, media availability this morning. So, Doc, as we speak, is a meeting with some of the um, uh, participants in the upcoming bowl game. We'll get the latest on that and Hawkeye conversation before Mr. Monday Night slides in here about 10 minutes before one. Eagles and the Seahawks tonight in Monday Night Football. Football weekend is, for the most part, behind us. Didn't go well for the Packers. Didn't go well for the Vikings. Could have gone well for the Bears. Some would say it did go well as they lost the football game, thus uh, holding their draft spot. But boy, what might have been. Uh, I mean, it's, it's easier said than done, right? The ball hits his Moore's lane on the ground <laughs> in the end zone. No, it was Mooney. Mooney, rather. Yeah, yeah. Hits him between the one and the one. And couldn't uh, couldn't bring it in, but uh, nonetheless, they'd be six and eight. They would be six and eight, and if they're six and eight, they're still on the outside looking in. But you're still, I guess, theoretically, you're in alive. it. You're in it. Sure, with three weeks left in the season, you're in it. You're on yep. a three game winning streak. Easily could have been five as they blew the game against the Lions that they had lost in that path. And you had the Cardinals, the Falcons, both at home before you go to Green mm. Bay. It would have been, it would have been fun. It really would have Yeah, because been. of the way the schedule's set up. Yep. Yeah, there was right. a path there yep. for them to get it done. It was yep. a winnable game. And it wasn't even the Did Hail you Mary. see much of it? Yeah, I listened to it on the way back. Speaking of that, so driving back from Sioux City yesterday and listening to, that was the most uh, that I listened to, was able to find that on an app. But as I was, before I got to the app and had my wife uh, pull it up for me, I was scrolling through all the AM stations across everywhere. Right. And Chiefs couple of different stations there but also going on yesterday was nebraska volleyball oh it's texas yeah it was i don't know a half dozen stations that carrying oh, volleyball be, well national championship well, it's an sure yeah and but they don't do that normally i do wouldn't they? think so but because i'm sure all the affiliates well of course yeah we'll pick up you know the oh, final sure. four and, yeah. and the championship game yeah, where do i sign so all the nebraska affiliates that were able to pick up on the drive home uh Five, six of them. Isn't that oh, I get sports. You, you can just, you know, make everyone's faintly. Oh, it's sports. What is it? What, what, what game is this? And then there's like that Compass Media. 
Oh, great. I, I get the Falcons-Panthers game. Okay, well, I'm not going to stick around that one. But the Chiefs were on, a lot of Nebraska volleyball, and then ultimately I said, Tara, here, here's the app, pull this up, and I'm going <laughs> to listen to the Let's do this the easy game. way. Yes, yeah. Exactly. This is going to be a little bit better than listening to volleyball, but there's still something about that. I love about listening, listening to games? sports on radio. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I really do. I'm with you. I, baseball's fun on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not as much of it anymore. Nope. Including this station, who carried the Cardinals for the longest time, but uh, hasn't been the case for the last few years, anyways. Um, so, some good football over the weekend, some bad football over the weekend, some head scratching football over the weekend. You know, bowl games start up. Did you enjoy it? You know what, Trent? I never watched any of them. So, since, I watched in the NFL. Since we were at Tara's grandma's, uh, she didn't have NFL Network. So, oh, that, that was meant, a tough day Saturday. Yeah, that meant a lot of watching on the phone. I'll so, the NFL up. Network, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because I'm going to be in that spot coming up this weekend because there is an NFL, I think it's Christmas Eve. It's mm-hmm. the Patriots and the Broncos are an exclusive. Is there an NFL Network app? No, but what you can do is you can watch it, get the DirecTV app. With your DirecTV app, you will be able to watch that wherever you are. Yeah. You go to the guide and the guide, any channel that you have in. There are a few channels that are unavailable. The NFL Network is not one of but them. But that's wasn't that called? Uh, there was a there was a um, a product. There was yeah, and that was a standalone. Product you got to have what was the name of that thing to get your TV on the on the road? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I can't remember what it was, but yeah, that's available. So, mm-hmm. but Direct TV app, I can watch yes. my Direct TV on my. Now, we've talked about this for, I don't know, six, seven years. Well, I spent the weekend, Trent, downloading apps and getting set for this excursion. you got to know your sign-in information, though, for DirecTV. I do. Oh, oh, for DirecTV, I yep. don't. Yeah. So that's what you're going to work on. Now, there's one of your afternoon duties yep. now. Get that because you're going to need it over the next month. There's no question. And there's going to be things that you're going to be shut out. But with the DirecTV app, you will be able to watch those things. Yeah. I don't know if... NHL Center Ice will be well, a part ESPN, of that. ESPN Plus carries okay, all Okay, so you got all that. So, so this, this weekend I signed up for BTN to go. Mm-hmm. So I'll get the Hawks. Yep. Bought the Hawks package, nine ninety five for the month. Yep. I got Peacock, so I'm set to go there. Uh-huh. ESPN Plus is all ready to go. Yep. Um, I got downloaded Fox Sports. I'm not sure why I did. But anyways, Just yeah. to have it. I've <laughs> got it. Yeah. Uh, if I ever need it. So. Yes. But dr- download the DirecTV app. DirecTV app. And figure out okay. what you sign in. And you've never signed in before. No. You, get your bill. Yeah. We, and we go that bill. direction. It might, might have to be a phone call. Yep. And if all else fails, bring it in tomorrow and I'll, I'll deal. see if I can help you deal. out. Deal. Deal, deal, deal. Uh, yeah, thank you. Because um, that DirecTV app, I have used that so much. And in the past, it was, you couldn't watch things like games because you had to go to, like, Fox Sports. Yeah. Not the case anymore. Beautiful. And if you're in a city where these are the local games, those local games will be on on your DirecTV app, too. So it's different. you also see your local ones, even as you're in California. So I'll be able to watch the local channels? You won't be able to do that. It'll be the local where you oh, are. I that is you. the okay. one difference yeah. that there is. But overall, you'll be able to watch Red Zone on NFL Sunday. You can watch that. I'm in. I've done that plenty of times. I'm set. It's a godsend. It used to be... A pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Not the case anymore. Pretty much everything is now available Beautiful. with your app. The way it should be, right? Absolutely. You're paying for it. Why wouldn't you be able to take it right. with you? Exactly. Uh, Saturday at Wells Fargo Arena, were you able to see much of the, of yes. the, of the coverage uh, television-wise? I'm not saying I stuck with the games. I'd be lying if I did because I didn't. Um, but what struck me, and I'm, I mean, I, it's not that we didn't see this coming by any means. Mm-hmm. You know, when the men tip off, I don't know what the attendance was in the building, 7,500. Something like that. Maybe half full. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the main event took over and just, just absolutely packed, Trent. It's unbelievable 
the draw that Caitlin Clark has become. And is, not become, mm-hmm. is, and has been for for a while, but uh, coming back to her, you know, her home state and the building in, in her home city. And the, I mean, I wish I had a dollar for every autograph she signed. And Caitlin, you're my idol. And listen to the young kids shout her name and try to get their attention. It's just unbelievable to me. Yeah. It's it a truly star. is. She is. It's the 90s Bulls. It's the Beatles. It's <laughs> unlike anything you've it said. It is. Yeah. One of the craziest things is that game they played a couple Sundays ago up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin women's basketball has been brutal for decades. Mm-hmm. They haven't had, they don't get 4,000 no, people. No, they don't the draw flies, center. Trent. And they sell that thing out. Uh-huh. And we're not talking about a gym. This is an arena. This is a 15,000 seat arena, and they sell it out. It's unreal. That's what it is. We're going to see it across the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked to Matt Rudy last week. He <laughs> heard they're going. He's t- taking, taking his daughter, taking his daughter yeah. to watch the game at Maryland. Yeah. And this is happening. And they're Michigan the State. Him and his wife are Michigan State grads, right? But they're going to watch yeah. Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Not when Sparty happens nope. to be in town. No, when Iowa is in town. It's in, it's amazing the draw that she is, um, and, and it's it's really cool to just to watch. It mm-hmm. truly is. Is it sustainable? I have my doubts. Yeah. Um, this time next year when she's in the WNBA, uh, and they and apparently they're going to try and do this at, in, in Des Moines every, um, every December. They want to have that double dip. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I mean, what, what's it going to look like next? That's season, that's though? the question, Trent. With I mean, no- tickets went on sale last. It was in May, mm-hmm. something like and that. And it was yeah. like the two hours. The building was sold out. Probably going to need a little more marketing going forward. And, it, and an opponent that is, is actually, A, somebody's heard of, mm-hmm. uh, and B's good. Um, I mean, th- 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 this, this uh, stunt that Florida A&M is pulling off, I mean, good for them, I guess, for cashing checks. But right. should it be legal? Well, why not? I mean, to come in here and get your brains beat on Saturday and then, you know, go up north and that's not that far of a drive. I get it. But yeah. Sunday, do it again. Get your brains beat out. Get your check. Um I don't know. It's smart scheduling is what I it is. I guess it is. Yeah. I guess it is. But boy, oh boy, the Florida A&M kids, they just they know they have no chance. Florida A&M, their schedule, what they've gone through, too. I mean, you think of these road tilts that they've been on. They went to, when they did it earlier they this year. They did the double dip in Nebraska. Yeah. yeah the Creighton, the Creighton, Omaha. And then they went from Lincoln to Gainesville, Florida. And then they, they didn't play Oregon at home. That had to be a no, probably game. A, or a tournament game. It was in Tallahassee then. That they played Oregon, which is weird. But is that, was that a Thanksgiving tournament of some kind, maybe? No, it was just a standalone game on a Monday. Huh. Yeah, Monday of Thanksgiving week. Oregon must have been doing there something, I would guess. Yeah. But a, a weird one, no doubt. Regardless of that, though, good for them. Hey, cash those checks. That's what those programs from the SWAC, mm-hmm. from the MEAC, that's what they have to do. And I guess. For many of the programs, they're on the road for two months. Yeah. Basically, the first two months of the season, maybe get home for a week. That's about it. Uh-huh. I'm not going to dry them for that. Now, I don't want to watch them again. No, thank God. I've they're seen gone. it up for the Rattlers oh. for one season. No kidding. I if they end up winning has. the SWAC and are uh, playing in one of the playing we'll games. We'll be ready. Yes, we got a good scouting report <laughs> right? out of them, right? We'll be able to talk about them on that Wednesday or that Tuesday <laughs> right. whenever they play, uh, potentially do so. So I don't know what you can uh, you can take from those games. I know TJ was pissed with the effort in the first half mm-hmm. yesterday, still coaching, uh, despite the fact that your team was up, I think, 20 or 24, whatever it was, at, after 20 minutes of basketball. I don't know what the stats do. I don't know if you get excited that, you know, whoever your guy is on your team uh, had, a, uh, had a decent day, but... It's just, I don't know. I'm just so ready. I think everybody is. Just bring on mm-hmm. conference play. Yeah. We're at that point, right? 
We're at that point. You get we know these teams. Right. We know what they are. Fran didn't push any different buttons. No. I was disappointed to see that it was still no point guard out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a hurt. I had a question for you on, on Iowa. They showed more effort defensively, I thought, in the game. And they had a players-only meeting leading into the game. That mm-hmm. was a story, what, Thursday, Friday of the week, that they had a players-only meeting. I have a feeling we might see more of those. Yeah, that's just If I put one. the over-under <laughs> at half right. uh, team player-only meetings uh-huh. going forward, I think I'm going to take the over on that one. But are we ever going to talk about this team even being a bubble team again? I don't think so, Trent. I Not don't... from what we've seen so far. No. I just I just get that feeling that this is one of those years. This is going to be one of those years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drake's going to carry it. Iowa State clearly is going to be uh, carry it because I, I think they're very good. Where are they uh, in the net? Are they in the teens? Are they that high? I thought I saw that. Uh, I could be mistaken. Maybe I saw something else. Updated net rankings from the NCAA. This is through games yesterday. Drake uh, scrolling. Iowa State's at six. They're at six. They're at six. Indiana State is at 16. Looking for the doggies. Where is Drake? Now, they're down a ways. Iowa at 59, Drake at 61. All right. Well, uh, we're going to have a couple of teams that are going to be battling it out for it. And uh, this Big 12 is going to be unbelievable. We had some really good college basketball for over the weekend. Don't know much uh, if you were able to watch any Purdue, Arizona, or any of the other uh, any of the other marquee games from over the weekend. But it was pretty darn good. Um Nebraska with a nice win over K-State. Now, it's not last year's K-State, I'll give you that, but mm-hmm. maybe Nebraska's that middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team that, I don't know. Michigan no. State had a really good win. You they give did. them that one, beating Baylor the way that they did? Still a lot of work to do. Uh-huh. Plenty of work to do for them, But too. at least that was their best outing so far. If you're looking for another Big Ten team to... Look, I don't think they're going to challenge Purdue. I don't think no. anybody is. No. They're one of one. They're standalone. Indiana had a chance against Kansas. Yeah, had them had on them the road. Beat Trent. And couldn't get it done in well, standard Indiana fashion, right? It just you know this team has not finished in the top twenty five at Ken Palm. That's ridiculous. In like a decade. That's ridiculous. Indiana. Right. They've been okay. a blue blood. Right. A uh, an interesting thought. So we saw Dusty May what he did a year ago at Florida mm-hmm. Atlantic. They look again. He's an Indiana grad. Wasn't a player there. He was a student assistant. Mm-hmm. Indiana makes the tournament again this year. They're an eight seed, mm-hmm. win a game, get bounced by one in the round of 32. And there's Dusty May. Mm. He takes Florida Atlantic back to the tournament. Say they're another Sweet 16 team. Not a Final Four, but mm-hmm. you say Mike Woodson, it's okay, right? Made the tournament last year, got beat as a four seed in the second round, made it the year before. It's okay, but it's not Indiana. Yeah. We have this guy, young gun. He's done it in a place seemingly impossible. Well, he's going to get opportunities, that's for certain. And Louisville's going to be looking for a new coach. Oof. Dusty Bay's agent calls him up, calls up the Hoosiers. He wants to come home, but we need to know right now. Yeah, does Indiana do that? Mm. Hmm. I think you almost have to. I think you got to make because do you see Mike Woodson turning this into what they can be? I don't. They can be fine. I think they are fine. They're that's fine. about it. But he's not going to turn yeah. them into a perennial, yeah. even consistent Sweet 16 program. I would be surprised. Yeah. I would be surprised. And, and clearly the opportunity's there. I mean, we're talking about one of the, one of the schools, right? On, on a very short list of blue-blooded schools. We shall see. All right, NFL from over the weekend. Biggest takeaway was what? Biggest takeaway? Well, the Buffalo Bills. We talked a ton of Bills last <clears throat> week, and 
not just winning that game. They killed Dallas. The physical manhandling crushed them. They didn't need Josh Allen. No. No, they didn't need Josh Allen. Now, he made some really good plays with his legs. Mm -hmm. um, But you're 100% right. It was the way that they did it. And any conversation that Dak Prescott's the favorite to win the MVP went away as of yesterday. Yes. I mean, Brock Purdy this morning is the betting favorite and the deserved favorite. He's what? Is he minus money now? Is he minus a buck 30? I thought I saw minus 140. Is he really? In the shop, yeah. Well, look, if they beat, they being the Niners, uh, beat the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, is Lamar Jackson the only comp? Or is Josh Allen? Can he get back in there? Maybe. But what does Purdy have to do at this point to lose it? Get hurt? I, I guess. Christian McCaffrey have 30 touchdowns? I mean, what does he have combined touchdowns right now? I mean, there's got to well, be Brock some... Brock Purdy said himself that Christian McCaffrey's the MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, Brock, I know that you're a very nice person. You're, you're incredibly polite. And, and Christian McCaffrey might be, you know, at the awards bank with the Niners MVP, but you are the league MVP, Brock Purdy. <laughs> At this point. I mean, and Charles Davis, to his credit, did you find the Charles Davis quote? Uh. Try and find it on uh, on Twitter. Charles Davis finally, um, and I think he's, I hope he's speaking for a number of analysts out there, came clean as to why everybody's been reluctant to this point to anoint Brock Purdy as more than, you know, just a facilitator or a, quote, system quarterback. And he is more than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did you, what he essentially said, while you look for it, if you can, um, was um, we were wrong. We, as analysts and as uh, draft analysts, form our opinions and don't want our opinions to be as egregiously wrong as everybody is on Brock Purdy. Therefore, we're slow to come around when we see one of these type of performances out of a guy that's doing so in such an unexpected fashion. And he's right. Mm-hmm. They just they just want to, I don't know, it, it's egg in their face, I guess. 20 touchdowns for McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. The narrative, though, that he is just a system quarterback. Look back at quarterbacks. Look back at MVPs throughout the years. So, I was thinking about this last night. Joe Montana, when he won back-to-back, 89-90. Yeah, Roger Craig. Yeah. Tom Rathman. Keep going. Brent Jones. Uh, You're still not there. Jerry Rice. There you go. And John Taylor. Yeah. Who also had a 1,000-yard season in one of those years. Jesus. Brett Favre. Yeah. He had Dorsey Levins and Edgar Bennett and Antonio Freeman and Keith Jackson and Mark Shimura and Desmond Howard and Andre Risen. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Warner. (laughs) And Marshall Falk, and Isaac Bruce, and Torrey Holt, mm-hmm. and Ricky Prohl, mm-hmm. and Hakeem. Yes, that is part of it. All these MVP quarterbacks also Everybody's have talent got them. around them. Yes. It is not just one no. guy doing it themselves. I just sent you the audio. Those two, two different MVP seasons for Joe Montana, he missed at least three games in both of those MVP oh, years. I didn't remember that. It's Steve Young. And yet he still won the MVP. I didn't remember that. Jerry Rice probably should have won. At least one of those sure. MVPs, right? Yeah, I think so. He had, Tom Rathman was by far the best fullback in the league. He was phenomenal. Not just as a blocker. No, he was As phenomenal. a receiver. Yep. As a runner. Everything, everything. Roger Craig was a dynamic running yep. back. At yep. minimum, a top 10 running back. And a fanac- they had a fantastic offensive line. <laughs> right. Well, he's got a t- Yes, that is part of it. You know what? He's got a phenomenal left tackle in Trent Williams, but the rest of the line's kind of average. Mm-hmm. Now, you could argue maybe Trent Williams should be the MVP. Well, maybe. Win it okay. Because he saw when he was out, 
Yeah, they lost three straight games. It's a different story. Yeah. Yeah, different story. It'll never happen. No, it's, it won't. But um, This is in 1982 when the mm-hmm. Redskins kicker won the MVP. But he went perfect that year. Wh- who was it? Mark? Uh, oh, what was that guy's name? Oh, man. Mark? I, the Redskins kicker. I'm drawing a blank. 1980. Mark Mosley. There you go. Mark Mosley. With the single... Brar. He didn't win an MVP. He won the MVP. It was Did a, he really? It was a strike short in the year. He didn't miss a kick. And he Mark was, mostly was the MVP of the league. The MVP. That's wild. <laughs> Unthinkable, would, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you can you can go around football and find examples. Right. Every MVP quarterback's got help. You're not throwing it to yourself, right? That's um. It's Brock Purdy, and he's and he's minus one forty. Uh, do you have any tickets on him? No, I do. I've got one, and it's not as big as I thought. It's only fourteen to one. Okay, so the guy That's not a bad one. No, that was really. I thought I'm tickled pink to have it. Um, have you seen the guy that's got on Pro Swap that's trying to sell his ticket on Brock Purdy? No, the ticket's worth two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, uh, if Purdy's named the MVP. His asking price is $100,000. He was offered $90,000 apparently overnight and turned it down. He's holding out for 100k. Oh boy. Do you do it? I would. I would too. 90 grand in your back I pocket. I would take it now. Yeah. I would take it in a heartbeat. Here's uh, the quote that you're talking about with Charles Davis. And there's a phenomenon amongst evaluators and I'm one of them because I do it for the NFL draft. That if we determine a guy is a sixth, seventh round free agent and he plays really well, it takes us a while to give him credit because we're wrong. You know, and, and, and we don't like to be wrong. But the bottom line is take that and throw it out. We missed. This young man's the truth. This young man's the truth. Mm-hmm. This young man is indeed the truth. What a phenomenal, phenomenal. Just his third game with four touchdowns and no interceptions. Nobody else has more than one this it's season. It's incredible, Trent. Yeah. It's truly incredible what Brock Purdy's doing. Said it last week. No, it's not going to happen. But Hawkeye fans, come around to him. Cyclone fans, come around to her. Won't happen. <laughs> Won't happen. Won't happen. Coming up on 1125, we're going to talk to Alec Bussey on Iowa State. We'll get the latest on recruiting. Signing day is coming up uh, in, uh, what, 48 hours from now. Do they still fax them? Yes. They still fax yes. in your, yeah. uh, your letter of intent. Mm-hmm. That's wild that it's still done that way. Had to make sure the night before the fax machine's right. all loaded up and ready to go. Do you remember back in the day? Oh, this is probably back way um Early two thousands, when rivals used to have, come, have to come up with more bandwidth oh, because yeah. it would break their mm-hmm. uh, the website uh, on, on signing day. <laughs> but they still fax them in. That's wild. All right, eleven twenty five. Alec Bussey, next Miller and Condon underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tell them Jeff sent you. Hi, Millery Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with us until 1. Uh, we will talk Chiefs at about 10 minutes after noon with Nick Athens, Scott Docterman, who is currently uh, meeting with some of the uh, Hawkeye football team uh, media availability today locally uh, before the uh, practice heats up, etc. So we'll get to Doc at about 12.30. Right now, let's talk some Iowa State, shall we? Our friend Alec Bussey, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. He's been busy over the weekend, signing day right around the corner. Alec, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. I guess we start uh, re- with recruiting. We get to basketball and bowl prep, etc. Uh, but following you on Twitter, as I do, um, you, uh, seemingly a lot of late commitments, a lot of late scholarships, um, perhaps um, awarded, um, and uh, guys taking advantage of that that maybe didn't have a home. Is this out of the norm for this to be happening this late in the process, Alec? I don't know if I would say it's out of the norm, guys. I would just say it's a little bit maybe unique where, you know, you see a lot of schools putting a lot of focus on the transfer portal right now and making additions via the portal, whereas Iowa State seems to be putting a lot more focus on just finishing up and maintaining their 2024 recruiting class. I think that's why it's a little bit different. Obviously, they had two commitments last night. I would anticipate at least one or two more coming in the next couple of days. Um, speaking specifically from the prep side of things, and you're also going to see some transfer additions here in the next couple of weeks, I would anticipate. So I wouldn't say it's odd or it's different. I just think it's a little bit unique, and I think Iowa State has a little bit of a different approach because of the way Matt Campbell wants to build his program and the way he understands um, to build Iowa State into a consistent winner given some of the resources that Iowa State has and the best way to achieve some of the goals that he has for his program. What can you tell us about the two late two latest additions to the recruiting class and uh, Bo Goodwin, a kid from locally here, a Iowa kid from Kingsley Pearson, and then the wide receiver Dominic Overby? Yeah, we'll start with Overby just because he committed first. Um, Overby is somebody who Iowa State offered, I believe, late October, early November. He's from Utah. He's got good size. He's about six foot four. Um, good vertical passing target because of that size. He's got some good speed as well. I mean, he can make plays in the open field once he gets the ball in his hands if you watch his film a little bit. Um, I do think physically he's going to need to develop a little bit as a blocker. He's someone who, um, you know, that's not all over his film right now, his blocking in the run game. So that's something that I think you'll want to see develop a little bit as he continues to progress in his football career. He committed to Iowa State over a couple other scholarship offers. Um, I believe Utah was showing him interest, but had an offer. I know Washington State did give him a scholarship, and so did Southern Utah. Um, and Oklahoma State was another school who had expressed interest in him. Um, Bo, Bo Goodwin, like you said, local kid. I would say he's a little bit more under the radar. Um, they recruited him. He's going to be on scholarship. He is going to play linebacker for Iowa State. He's a late flip. He was committed to play at South Dakota State, so he's a flip from uh, – from South Dakota State, and he's one of the later additions to the class, I would say. Um, maybe more of an evaluation and kind of trusting an evaluation um, on what he can give Iowa State as he develops and continues his football career with the Cyclones in the future. How many are they? do you expect that they will sign on Wednesday? 
I have been told that I think five are for certain signing um, and enrolling in January. So that means at wow. least five will enroll in January. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that number is actually at least a little bit higher. So um, you're going to see most of the class sign on Sunday, or excuse me, on Wednesday. It's, honestly, this early signing period has become the signing period. Right. Um, it's become the day that everyone signs. Whereas, you know, you have signing, signing day again in January or February, and kids don't really find that. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that college coaches um, would maybe like to see change a little bit in terms of the calendar with how crazy the month of December is. You know, that February day kind of feels like the supplemental draft. Now. I mean, it does <laughs> right. in some ways, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Now, just not a whole lot of right. a buzz to it anymore, and, and it's a whole lot different. Uh, two of the guys that have been talked about a lot in this recruiting class are brothers, Brent and Wade Helton. Of those two guys, which one is the one that was more highly regarded? I know one of the two had a few more scholarship offers. Which one of that was of the two? Yeah, it'd be Wade. Okay. Um, and he's, a little bit more highly recruited than Brent. Is Brent the bigger one, though? They're pretty similar in size. Okay. Um, but Brent's a little bit bigger. Brent's 6'5", 300. Wade is 6'5", 280. Gotcha. Um, at least that's what we have them listed at in our system. So. They're pretty equal in size. They're both going to project to play tackle. I do question how much there, um, there is versatility, I guess, for them to move on the interior. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't grow anymore, I mean, 6'5", you're kind of looking at a little bit smaller guard, or a smaller tackle, I should say. Um, so we'll have to see if they stick a tackle, but that's both where they played. Wade was mostly on the right side of the offensive line at tackle on his high school film. and. Got to dive into Brent a little bit more today, but I believe he was more on the left side. Interesting. Do you think that uh, is there a position uh, that perhaps um, didn't go according to plan that they wanted to take X amount of guys at, uh, at at this position and they only came up with you know didn't quite get to what they wanted? Is there a position that you can identify that they that uh, maybe uh, they didn't check all the boxes? I won't know if I feel great speaking for certainties in this, but I wouldn't be surprised if receiver is one of those um, considering the late ad of Overby last night. And then you're all, uh, and then you're also looking at just some transfer targets that they've had. Um, they sent a transfer offer to an army transfer yesterday. Um, Isaiah Olsen, he's actually been at army for four or five years and actually put up some pretty good numbers there, especially when you consider the offense that that army runs. So I think that receiver might be one of them just when you kind of look at, wanting to continue to make additions late in the process and also looking to make additions via the portal. I think receiver could be one that you circle as they wish they would have been able to add more people in the spring and the summer months when you see a lot of guys come off the board. So uh, over to a little basketball now and another opponent yesterday uh, didn't provide a whole lot of resistance. I, I just loved uh, listening to TJ after the game, though, and found something to be bothered with. The last, oh, yeah. seven, last seven minutes of the first half, you know, we got outscored 13-8. to eight. Look, you're picking nits at this point. These are teams that you're just a whole lot better at. What still needs to be found out? What's, what are you still can we learn in these final two tune-ups before conference play? That's a really good question. Um, and it's funny you ask that. I was talking with uh, my coworker Payne yesterday at the game, and I said to him, "I was like, I don't know how good I think Iowa State is at this point." And he was like, "You know, I feel the same way as you, just because you know we haven't really seen them play anyone that I respect a whole ton nationally with like the way that they played when they were playing. I think Iowa is a team that projects to be a bottom quarter of the Big Ten type of team right now. I mean, yep. they've really struggled in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten hasn't been very good." And, 
I always struggled in non-con as well against power conference opponents. Uh, maybe that turns around and, and Iowa has a better year, but Iowa State pounded them by 25 points. Um, so I think it's tough to get a good grasp um, of how much that game means. The DePaul game means literally nothing to yeah. me. DePaul is one of the two, three worst power conference teams in the country along with Louisville. Um, and then obviously I think we learned a good bit about them down in Florida, but that was, you know, about a month ago at this point, And, they had some weird moments there, right? Like they had an 11 minute stretch where they had one field goal um, at one point in Florida. Um, and, you know, they played a really good Texas A&M team, but that A&M team has now kind of started to struggle. And, you know, they lose to Houston over the weekend, but Wade Taylor goes off and that A&M team was down two or three guys who were pretty important in their rotation. So I think there's a lot to still learn about them. I just don't think you're going to learn much about them in their next two games against Eastern mm-hmm. Illinois or New Hampshire because of the opponent. They're going to win by... 35, 40 points at a minimum, I would suggest, and they're going to move on to the next one. And it's been something I've been wanting to ask TJ Asselberger is like, how much are you learning about your team? What can you learn about your team in these moments? Um, just because I think that there's a lot of things to be confident about when you look at the guard play, when you look at the way some of those guys have emerged, but it's just hard to put a ton of stock into the consistency that some of those guys have been able to give Iowa State. Because like Trey King has you know, scored – close to 20 points in multiple games this year, but that's something that he's going to be able to continue to do in the Big 12. I don't know, guys. Right. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and and especially the way you put it. I mean, when they, for instance, they played Virginia Tech, drinking at 10. Uh, they, they were they were pounding the teams prior to going to Florida. They struggled against VCU, but admittedly won the game. But then the next two outings, they got beat by Virginia Tech pretty bad in an undermanned Texas A&M team. Um, yeah, I mean, Iowa State made it close at the end, made cut it to four or five, whatever it was. But uh, t- Texas A&M controlled that game. I'm with you. I just don't know. I think they're pretty good. But based on what? Based on the fact that they're bludgeoning teams that uh, that have no business being on the floor with them. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know if this Iowa State team, where they rank, if they are legitimately good or it's just a product of the teams that they're playing and beating. Yeah, no, I agree with you again. And I, you said it really well. Um, I think that they could be a top 25 team. I mm-hmm. think they can maybe be a top 20 team. But I also think that they could be somewhere closer to – 45 to 55, I, I just don't know. Um, and it's just a weird situation where you, know, you give them a lot of credit. They haven't screwed up and lost to anyone that they shouldn't have lost to, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's a lot of teams who have lost to, you know, low-major opponents across the country this year. I feel like there's been a ton of low-major and mid-major schools beat high-major schools across the country this season. Um, and give Iowa State credit, they haven't even been in a position to do that against any of these teams. So... That certainly is something that deserves praise, but also, you know, they have struggled against some of the better teams that they've played at various moments. And I think we're going to learn a lot about them come Big 12 play within the first week or so of, not week, first month or so of the Big 12 season because it's it's tough. Like, their, their opening Big 12 stretch is really difficult. I mean, Oklahoma looks like one of the better teams in the country yep. right now. Yep. Um, you know, Houston is obviously one of the four or five best teams. Oklahoma State's not very good, but BYU looks good. Yep. TCU's kind of exactly like Iowa State, where they played no one in the non-conference, so no one has any idea how good TCU is. So I think if you can kind of get through those first four or five games and you're, you know, four and one or whatever, then I think you're looking, okay, this team might be pretty legitimate um, before a really difficult stretch where you're playing, you know, K-State, Kansas, Baylor, Texas, whatever, 
Um, but even some of those teams, I think, are disappointing based off of what their preseason expectations were in the Big 12. David Litsey is now shooting 42% from three, 42.5% from downtown, <laughs> 17 of 40. This is a guy. Yeah. Now, <laughs> really, again, opponents, all these things. We know he's a tre- tremendous defender. He is an elite point guard and all the skills that he had. Is this not shooting at a 43% clip sustainable, but do you th- feel confident now that come Big 12 play, he can knock down, say, 35% of his threes? Have you seen enough out of the shot? that believe that this is something now that's going to continue when the opponents get more difficult. Yeah, that's actually one thing that I actually anticipate translating over to a 12 play. He's taking really good shots. Yes. It's rare that he is taking shots off the dribble, pull-ups, or contested threes. What I've been really impressed by with him is his shot selection from the perimeter. Yesterday he makes five, and that's the most I think he's even attempted this season, and he makes a career high yesterday. Um, he's he's shown me enough to believe in his shooting stroke. Will it come down a little bit? Yeah, but I think at the end of the year, we're going to be looking at him averaging somewhere between 37 and 39% from three. I feel confident saying that. Maybe I'll be off. Maybe it'll be lower than that. But I think he's someone who, who to me, has emerged as one of the big 12 center guards at, at this point. Um, you make You can use the argument of level of opponent, but his consistency has been remarkable. And at some point, you just kind of have to say, you know, this kid's had a triple-double. He's consistently putting up, you know, 17 to 22 points a game, it feels like. And he's also giving them five to seven assists a night and elite defense. Like, I think Tim and Lipsy is one of the guys on this team where I feel the most confident about what he's going to be come Big 12 play. Has uh, Curtis Jones found his stroke, do you think? I love the way he's played the last two games. Obviously, he goes off. Um against Florida A&M, has five or six threes against them, uh, or against Prairie View A&M, excuse me. And then he played really well yesterday. He had five assists yesterday. That's something that I think is inspiring, too, because he's not someone that they put the ball in his hands a ton and told him, hey, go make plays. Uh, but he was able to do that yesterday and have five assists. I thought he had a really nice pass to Trey King out of a little pick-and-roll action where both the defenders came to him, and he was able to bounce pass to King, who got a two-handed dunk in the second half out of the action. Uh, I know you guys had a chance to talk with Campbell last week. Do you get uh, Campbell after signing day, or will the next time you talk any football with either the coordinators or the head coach be down in Memphis? I'm hoping we get to talk to him this week. We have not gotten a media availability schedule with him this week. I'm hoping we get a chance to talk to him and talk to him about the newest members of his yeah. program because a lot of them are going to be signing on Wednesday, and I'm sure he's going to be excited to talk about him. Good stuff. Alec Bussey, 24-7 sports, cycloneralert.com, course signing day. Uh, 48 hours from now, you'll have it covered uh, at uh, CycloneAlert.com. Anything else, Alec, you'd like to promote before we let you go? Yeah, you guys can sign up for 50% off right now. We're going to have some good VIP content coming. I've posted some VIP things about some transfer targets here in the last couple of hours, um, I guess you could say. And then also, um, we're going to have some good future stories go up on signing day on some prospects that um, at least one or two of those are going to be VIP, and we want you guys to get a chance to understand and meet the future class of Cyclones, because there's a lot of things to be excited about with them and the type of people and the type of kids that they're bringing into the program. Keep up the good work, Alec. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, good to talk to you, Alec Bussey. Uh, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Should mention this, Emily Ryan played yesterday yes. for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to not to no surprise, I mean, she took the floor in the, in the building. They all stood mm-hmm. and, and clapped and cheered for her, which is, you know, classes you would expect. And good to see. Still really, um, not that we need to know, but to, to what we know now is she's back on the floor. We'll, we see her minutes um, 
you know, expand as we get closer to conference play, but just the fact he was on the floor, uh, that was certainly good to see for her. All right, we'll take a time out, come back, finish up the hour. We'll talk, uh, we'll get back to the NFL to kick off the second hour of the program. Boy, the Viking strength. Yeah. Oh, my God. Up 14. A lot of uh, upset Vikings fans with Kevin O'Connell. With O'Connell. Yeah. You know what it was? The third and the fourth down play. Mm-hmm. I mean, good God. Um, turn around, hand the ball off, would you please? I mean, there's one team that can pull off this this tush push. Yeah. Why do they do it so much better than anybody else? Oh, well, it starts with the quarterback. I mean, you have a he's guy a that has... Dude. He's got tree trunk legs. Yeah. That helps. It does. It has maybe the best center in the game. He's really good, Jason That helps. Yep. Yeah. So that's the starting point with them. And then they don't have a 180-pound wide receiver trying to push behind like what the Vikings are they did. thinking? Well, they're trying to go quick, but they don't go quick. If you're going to go quick, you know, I used to do that with Nate Stanley, right? They just get up to the line and just go. Right. And the Vikings they try to do, do that it, with him. But then there's looking around, and they're looking to the left and looking to the right, and Mullins is chatting uh, with the wide receiver. Get li- No, if you're going to go quick, go quick. And apparently Mullins is going to start again next week. He stinks. I thought so, too. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I was just... I, I couldn't believe we were seeing, and then we saw it again, back-to-back plays, and it's Brandon Powell. How much does he weigh? Buck seventy, maybe. <sighs> Doesn't work with that. It, guy. it didn't. It didn't bring an offensive tackle in. Well, and there was one of them. He just got shoved backwards. Did it? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, felt like that one it was if it would have, should have. Yeah. We'll take a time out. Come back. Finish the hour. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point. Terms and conditions. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 106.3 KXNO, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller Condon. Five minutes before noon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Uh, a couple of notes. Survivor, the circuit contest with the prize pool uh, north of $9 million, now down to 10. Three of the 13 were eliminated this weekend. Two of them on the Titans. Ugh. Yeah. Case Keenum. Um and then one of them had the Packers. Uh, the Packers just didn't show up yesterday. That, that was brutal. But Trent, and I did not know this uh, until you just clued me in, there's mm-hmm. a local survivor to this point? Well, I don't know if he lives in Iowa, but he's a big Hawkeye fan. He tweets about the Hawkeyes all the time, and he just tweeted a few hours back about Circa Survivor. Uh, he quote tweeted as it was down to 10, and I think it was Ben Fox that uh, had the tweet, and he said, freaking out, man. So I guess. a lot of people were congratulating him for still being alive. He said, thank you. So yeah, the guy's name is Jack, or at least his Twitter name is Jack, and he is still alive. He is one of the 10 remaining, the implied value of what? each of those 10 remaining 900, tickets. $900,000. $900,000 and change. Um, I would love to get him on the air. It would be awesome. If he's willing to talk. Uh, Jack, if you're out there, you hear us. I send him a DM just a little so bit So he might ago. be in Des Moines, but he might be somewhere just a Hawkeye fan. Right, yeah. Okay. We do know he's a Hawkeye fan. Tweets yeah. about the Hawkeyes a lot. But regardless of where he is, he's sharp too. I uh, saw his season record in college football, 101-80. and 80. It's a lot better mm. than I was this year. Mm-mm. I mean, that's Ken Miller territory over there. Yeah. So 21 games over 500 and still alive, down to 10. Would love to hear his perspective last week when the chop was talked about. Yeah. And you had something on the chop, right? Well, yeah, the guy that apparently was the one that... Um, kind of the ringleader? Yeah, that, that was decided, let's get everybody together, see if there's significant interest from everybody to split a certain portion of it and then you know play for what's left. He got knocked out. He was one of the three that lost oh. this weekend. 
Uh, he had the Titans. I'm going, he was though, did Paul tell us he has already, he was one of the people that had already got his credit in to Circa uh, and he was hedging. You know what? I think he did tell I us think, that on yeah, Friday. I believe he was one of the people. So at minimum, he did monetize this. He thing. did. He got something out of it. Right. But he's still, he's not alive uh, for the bragging rights and the oversized check and the jacket that goes along to the winner yep. and, the, and the party and the weekend in, at, uh, in Las Vegas at Circa. But wow, 10 left. And now we come up to this week, which is, we talk about this a lot going into Thanksgiving because, yeah. hey, there's a lot more people alive at that mm-hmm. point. But this is two separate weeks. So games starting on Thursday, going through Sunday, Christmas Eve. or Yeah, Christmas Eve on Sunday. That is one week. And then on Monday when there's three Games in the NFL, that is its own week. This is a not an 18-week contest or a 19-week contest with Thanksgiving its own. It is a 20-week contest. Uh, and here's the three games uh, for uh, Christmas Day, a week from today. Vegas at Kansas City, so you want to have the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Or Giants at the Eagles, you want to have the Eagles. But then this one, Baltimore at San Francisco. I think this could determine the MVP of the uh, of the yeah. NFL. If Lamar Jackson has an outstanding game, and he very well may, um, he might be able to get past Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy right now is the overwhelming favorite to win the MVP. And how many of the 10 remaining people of the three favorites don't have any of those left? Oof. Or maybe don't even have Baltimore left. And you've got to take a shot on either the Raiders or the Giants. Oh, my God. On the road, both of those teams to pull the upset. If if you were in that scenario, and I think it's a scenario that's got to be out there maybe for somebody, who's more likely to win, the Raiders at Kansas City or the Giants at Philly? <laughs> I don't like the way Kansas City's playing. I, I don't either. Um, the Raiders somehow have won six games. I know. How has this team won six games? Ain't no Connell. Ain't no Connell. I look good against Chargers. Boy, did well. He's not alone. Uh, who would you take? That's a. Re- I'd hate to be in that spot. Oh yeah. I mean, you talk about gnashing of the teeth for that one. Oh, the Giants or the Raiders? I think the Giants, but we got to see Philly. Philly though, it'd be not as short of a week as it's be on Monday. I guess I'd lean Giants. You can at least make an argument, though, for both of them. I think you could. Hour two, we'll Hedging talk. Hedging opportunities. That's the best. That's the best part of it. Uh, hour two, we'll talk to Nick Athen about those Chiefs. Scott Dockerman uh, is covering Iowa. He's slated to join us at the bottom of the hour. It's 106.3 KXNO.